game. <laughs> Christian, like will, you, will you join Lifetime Fitness with me so that I have somebody to play racquetball with? I don't even know where there is a Lifetime. There's there's one in Centennial and there's one in Cherry Creek. It's only $180 a month. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I pay nine dollars a month, dude. They have literally everything you could possibly want ever. There's like literally a spa built in, restaurants. There's an outdoor in. There's an outdoor heated pool and an indoor pool, and then there's indoor tennis courts, squash courts, and racquetball courts. It's like a, that sounds like it's, it's worth one hundred eighty dollars a month, dude. Just from honestly, pure like standpoint. I could afford it, but it's like one of those financial decisions where you're like, I can't justify Ooh, it. I could afford it. Ooh, <laughs> Son of Lex. <laughs> Pull a little Christian there talking about how much money I make. Hey, listen, Christian's like, yeah, I can pay. Here. And then Christian's like, yeah, I can pay for two memberships. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's it. We're capped out after that. Yeah, capped, capped out. out after that. Um, real quick, before we get into this, have y'all seen that they're hosting a sports event for people that take steroids? No, but I mean, I think that's how all sports events should be. <laughs> that's that how they actually wins. are. It's called uh, like the Enhanced Games or something, and they put out this really, <laughs> they put out this really weird trailer of this white guy running, and he's like, "The world has has denied me. I can't show you my face. Help me come out." And it's like, watch the Enhanced Games next year. And it's just a game. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And somebody's like, "It's a game where everybody takes steroids." <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is fucking awesome. But what is the actual game that they play? It's yeah, like, what game are they playing? It's like the Olympics. It's like they're doing a bunch of like events, a bunch of track and field events, but everybody's on steroids. Why don't they just let baseball players take steroids? I'd watch, you, know, you and I were talking about baseball the other night. I would watch baseball if everybody looked like Barry Bonds. <laughs> looked 100%. like him, not played like him, just they looked like him. <laughs> well, you know, just like with Big crazy like traps and stuff. They're like touching his earlobes, like that type. You're of shit. so you're so wrong about fucking baseball, dude. It's awesome. It's not. I've been watching it's a shit ton not. of it. It's so yeah, it's because you have nothing else to watch. That's why you started watching it now. Well, I'm gonna watch it till the end of the season when football starts because football are you, sucks. Are you watching it every day? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, whenever the Marlins play, mm. which is basically every day. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like that sounds exhausting. For four hours? Like what do you? It's do? not. But you that's the thing. It's, that's the thing. It's not four hours anymore because they. Yeah, they oh, three okay. and a it's half. Three no, and a half it's now. no, it's not. It's literally <laughs> the average game this season has been two and a half hours long. The Marlins game the other day was only two because of the pitch clock. Do it people moves like so that much more? faster now? Yeah, people love it, dude. It's mm. actually really entertaining now, and you're just being mm. a fucking hater. I mean, that does make it sound a small bit more intriguing, but at the end of the day, it's still two hours of them playing baseball, um, and that's kind of where you lose me. <laughs> All right, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. We're your hosts, Blake, Christian, and Trey, and this is Totally Biased Music. We had some te- technical difficulties um, that we had to deal with, so I feel like it kind of sucked the energy out of the studio, um, so I'm, we're going to try to bring it back. I mean, know? they didn't know that until you just said that. Well, I'm saying it sucked the energy out of our studio. Like, I can kind of okay. feel it lingering, yeah. you know? Um, and today we're reviewing uh, Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Trey, do you want to you give us a little intro here? Yeah, I'll do the intro, but I'm going to try and do it, like, in your cadence. Okay. Um, so let me kind of get in, like, character yep, for a second. Yep. That's great. Right. Okay. Led Zeppelin were on a tear in the early part of their career, releasing a streak of riff-driven albums between 1969 and 1973 that set a new standard in hard rock. 
While each of those first five records was created during a concentrated period of recording, much of the sixth, the double LP Physical Graffiti, drew from material developed at earlier sessions. Tracks like the crunching Houses of the Holy, intended as the title track for their 1973 album, and the loose and lyrical Down by the Seaside, written in 1970 and reworked for the group's fourth record, but ultimately not included, may have been meant for other projects, but they easily meet the band's exacting standards. And the odds and ends feel of physical graffiti is one of its strengths, showing every side of Led Zeppelin in a single sprawling package. I did also take the liberty of finding a uh, interview with John Paul Jones from NPR. Uh, so this is from 2015. So it was like the 40th anniversary of the album. And John Paul Jones says the essence of physical graffiti is the fact that we go back to this house, this residential house in the countryside called Headley Grange, where we recorded the fourth album. It's in a residential house. And it's the equivalent of the sitting room, the lounge, the main formal room where you'd have your Christmases in a large house. And there was a fire in there and you could put logs on the fire and it was all really, really nice. And you had a multi-track studio recording so you could actually get to work on this stuff without having to necessarily go into a studio and comply by other people's hours. With this, you could just wake up in the morning, have your breakfast and get into the music. Have an evening meal. I can't remember now what we used to have for lunch. Probably cocaine and alcohol if I had to imagine. <laughs> um, but I really, but I really, I just remember the whole, the whole sort of whole work ethic of this and it was just so productive. Nice. Um, so physical graffiti uh, is widely considered as like the last great Led Zeppelin album. Um, after this, I think they had like into the outdoor, which is not terribly good. Uh, and a couple other like minor duds. Um, but we picked this album just because I think we want to do a Led Zeppelin record. I didn't want to do Led Zeppelin four cause it's been talked to death. Um, even though I really liked that album. Um, and it was kind of between this and Led Zeppelin two. Uh, so what did you guys what did you guys think on your either? Is this the first time you've listened to the album in full? Um, is this something that's in your daily rotation? What's your deal with physical graffiti? Christian? So, uh, I mean, like, I, I didn't really, really grow up listening to Led Zeppelin, like, in depth, like, through and through on albums. Like, most people in the Birmingham metro area, I grew up listening to some Led Zeppelin because of fucking 1069 the eagle, eagle. rock yeah. music so hard you'll shit your fucking pants and then <laughs> they play imagine dragons <laughs> but i think it was just like it was out of kind of my parents era they they were showing me stuff like alice in chains and Soundgarden and all that so i didn't really get into led zeppelin heavily until probably middle school and it was when i used to hang out with fucking warren zimmerman all the time and we would go to his house after school and we would hide under his his deck in the backyard and we would hit gravity bongs until we got so high that we were going to throw up. And he would just look over at me and he would be like, it's time to let the fucking let out. And he would just blast it through the house as I laid on the ground and had a panic attack. So that was kind of like my real introduction to Led Zeppelin into that, just like diving into classic rock. This was probably the first time getting back in and going through this album. And it's just fucking crazy going back through this, the amount of influence of music that they had that worked so fucking well together. And I think that's what still just kind of blows me away about them. Obviously, you know, lyrically, it's fucking Led Zeppelin. It's angelic, beautiful shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed going back through this. It was awesome. Nice. Very nice. Um, 
Yeah, I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. Um, I have been for a while. I repeatedly bring up Led Zeppelin in the conversation when people say the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, which clearly they're not. And we don't need to get into that whole debate with Trey. But um, I always offer the counterpoint that it's either Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin. Um, Led Zeppelin has just gone through insane eras. They're, They're a timeless band. They have arguably the best rock album of all time in Led Zeppelin 4. Um, there's nothing about Led Zeppelin that I dislike. I understand that their eras definitely change as they as they grow and, and kind of go throughout time, but they're just a timeless band to me. It's the type of rock music that I, I really like. You know, it's, it's, it's heavy at points, and Robert Plant, voice of a fucking angel, dude, that guy, like, is, is unmatched. His voice is one of those voices that you know immediately who it is. Um, it's either him or knockoff Led Zeppelin, Greta Van Fleet, who's fucking horrible, <laughs> and I can't stand. Wait, wait, you have to wait so we get to ride to Dodge because I got a fucking thing going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I Physical Graffiti is great. I, I don't know what my favorite Led Zeppelin album is. Um, Led Zeppelin 2 is definitely up there. Um, so, But I, I wanted to listen to Physical Graffiti again because I haven't listened to it front to back in a while. Um, if I rinse things front to back, it's either two, three, or four. Let's open two, three, or four that I predominantly listen to. So it was nice going back and and listening to this again for sure. Um, so yeah, Trey, what do you what do you think? You can you can lead it from here. Nice, um, good job, Blake. Uh, I you know when it comes to like the what's the what's the name of the mountain that has all the faces of the presidents on it? Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to like greatest bands of all time, I definitely think Led Zeppelin is like in the third area of the Mount Rushmore rock music, you have the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, and Grateful Dead for me. Uh, the Rolling Stones are kind of close. They're hanging out in the corner somewhere. Um, but I kind of came across Led Zeppelin, like really got interested in them after getting into fish um, because fish covers Led Zeppelin, like all the time. Like they cover good times, bad times all the time. They cover a whole lot of love. Everybody and their brother covers days and confused. So I wasn't like really into Led Zeppelin in high school at all. Um, my like high school bands were more so, you know, Pink Floyd and the Beatles. Uh, but Led Zeppelin two is probably my favorite Zeppelin album. It's phenomenal. Um, I can't say that I'd ever really listened to like physical graffiti all the way through with like a thoughtful ear. Uh, my sister had this album on vinyl cause she was like considerably cooler than me. Um, <laughs> like when she was in high school and I was like in college, uh, so I remember her having this record on vinyl. I think I remember we like listened to it a couple of times. So I never like really, really paid attention to it. So this was a lot of fun to go back in and like kind of try and find some tracks that like I would like hear for the first time for the most part, really, really loved it. Um, there are some things that bother me about Led Zeppelin in general that kind of come to light on this album or not come to light on this album. They were doing it long before, but you know, they did have a history of kind of ripping off blues musicians and like kind of taking things and making it their own. Um, so we can talk about that track, that track specifically that they did that on uh, when we get to bottom tracks. But damn, um, that doesn't sound like any artist that that I know of that you love deeply that samples music consistently. But you know, it's yeah, a little we'll different. There. I didn't put him up on Mount Rushmore's greatest bands of all time. Um, it's a little different. It's electronic music versus rock music. It's different than re-recording someone else's track, calling it your own. But I mean, yeah, yeah. they're still he up felt there. so good about it. He left it. He put it out for free. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Derek is not on trial here. Okay. 
We're about to make him on trial. We're about to put him on fucking trial right now. We're different people. I don't really get this whole, you know, like, y'all just do little digs at Pretty Lights, little digs at Pine Grove. Like, you know, they're not me, right? You know, I'm not in those bands. Are you not? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to quit the podcast again, honestly. I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With that, we can roll into top tracks. Uh, Blake, you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, hang on. Let me pull up my my notes here. Uh, Okay, so first one, um, In My Time of Dying. What a what a fucking journey this song is. You know, it, it reminds me of, honestly, one of my favorite, probably the best Led Zeppelin song ever, When the Levee Breaks. It kind of has a very similar feel to When the Levee Breaks. It's a lot longer, um, but that's kind of the similarities I drew to it and why I liked it so much. It's just, it's a fucking beautiful song through and through. And it comes in, you know, right at the beginning of the album, kind of gets you ready for it. Um, which I really like, so I, I enjoyed that song a lot. Um, I was outside today, and I threw in the AirPods. I got a little kiddie pool for Jinx. I was I was letting her play in the kiddie pool, and I was just listening to Led Zeppelin smoking a cigar, and the song came on, and I was like, oh, yeah. What a fucking American afternoon. Yeah, dude, summer is here. All I had to do was whip out the charcoal grill. It would have been perfect. Throw burger um, on there. And then uh, second, I mean, obviously, this should be a question, cashmere. It's fucking Cashmere. Like, it's a classic Led Zeppelin song. Everybody knows Cashmere. It's hard as shit. Like, it just is It's quintessential Zeppelin. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I imagine they have a Greatest Hits album, and I imagine Cashmere is on there. Um, but I love that song. It'll, it'll never get old to me. Um, next is Ten Years Gone. Um, I like Ten Years Gone. It's a very good mix of, like, slow and fast Zeppelin. Um, it starts really slow then it kind of picks up as the song goes on. Um, so I just really enjoyed that. Like Robert Plank gets to show his voice really, really well in that song. Um, instrumentation is amazing. And I just think the tempo of it is perfect for what they're trying to do in that song. Um, and then honorable mention, I don't know. Is it the, the Wanton song? Wanton. I wanton. I thought Wanton was W O N T O N. I don't know, man. Want Wanton maybe. Whatever the the wonton song. Pussy um, tastes like wonton soup. Pussy tastes like wonton soup. I I was shocked to hear Robert Plant say that in this song. Yeah, it was I a did weird not quote. didn't expect that from him. Um, but that's an that's an honorable mention for me. The guitar riff throughout the whole thing. It's kind of just the consistent guitar riff throughout the whole song. I I just love. It's it's really great in this song. So um, that's top three top three honorable mention. What do you got, Christian? Uh, my number one, and it might be top 25 song of all time for me, is In the Light. It's easily my favorite song on this album. It is fucking ghostly and dark and amazing. And just that it, that line, those lines, like, if you feel that you can't go on, your will's sinking low, just believe, and you can't go wrong. In the light, you will find the road. I mean, when that fucking song, the bottom drops out of that thing and it just gets me every single time. And I think they put it on, maybe it's the last episode of the first season of Mindhunter when he's getting hugged by Ed Ed Kemper at the fucking end. That (laughs) song comes in and it goes off. So easily my my number one. Um, This was a weird one for me that I liked, but it took me a few listens to realize it and it's down by the seaside 
And it's just this really different vibe from them. I think it's apart from the album. It almost is like this psychedelic kind of surf rock. And there's this reverb on the guitar that I, I just love. And the line, sing loud for sunshine, pray hard for rain. I, I just, I love that. Yeah, and that's great. My number three is uh, 10 Years Gone. The pace change on this, parts of the beginning almost reminded me of like kind of like early grunge. And the change in it is just amazing throughout. And then the, the that opening line, then as it was, then again it will be. And though the course may change sometimes, rivers always meet the sea. Oh, God, right in the feels, you know? <sighs> just great. Right just in great. the feels. Well, gentlemen, we were really getting good at just being really aligned with each other's top songs. Um so my number one is in my time of dying. Um, that song is just absolutely amazing. And like, I can kind of hear a lot of where fish gets their influence from Led Zeppelin. I think like Led Zeppelin, yes. And Pink Floyd are probably like fish is like three biggest influences in a lot of ways. Um, and Frank Zappa, but like in my time of dying, it's like almost like Robert Plant's like doo wopping and like using his voice as an instrument at different times. Like it's so long. It feels like it's almost a live jam, especially towards the end. Uh, the drums are fantastic. Um, I was going to say that. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say when I like when I first listened to it, it reminded me a lot of a fish song, honestly. And the fact that it's 10 minutes long is also very fish-like. all playing off of each other. Like that little excerpt I read by John Paul Jones where like it's like, yeah, we were all in a house like living together and like we just hop in and play music whenever we wanted to and shit like that. Like that's kind of what creates that type of a record. Um, so like you can kind of really feel that on this song, I think. Uh, my second top song is In the Light. Um, the, it's the intro for me, man. It's that like prog, like lots of, uh, fog machines, like dim light kind of coming from down and back up. You know what I'm saying? Robert plants out there with his super long, beautiful hair, just ready to melt people into the ground. Um, so I don't know if they ever opened with this song, but I feel like they definitely should have like all the fucking time. Uh, and then my third top song is 10 years gone. Uh, just a really beautiful, like probably one of the more beautiful lyrical, lyrical songs on this record. There's no talk of middle earth and all that weird fucking shit. They talk about in Cashmere. <laughs> I like cashmere, but like, you know, uh, so like this, shut this, the fuck up Frodo. Like we yeah. Did. We don't, yeah. Like fuck Sam. We know y'all want to do that. Um, Blind stars of fortune each have several rays on the wings of maybe down and birds of prey kind of make me feel sometimes didn't have to grow. But as the eagle leaves the nest, it's got so far to go. Uh, Mm. Don't we all have so far to go, brother? Might be talking about that eagle in Lord of the Rings, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, How crazy is it that three of these guys are still alive? It That's is pretty insane. insane. I, I mean, mean Keith Richards is still alive, so I guess it's yeah, not that but, surprising. Yeah, but I mean, Led Zeppelin went like very, very hard. Yeah, true. Very hard. Um, uh, for honorable mention, I also had Wonton Song. Oh, Wonton Song. Cashmere and Houses of the Holy. Uh, Houses of the Holy is just like big guitars. Um, I really like that song. Now I'm just picturing, like, in Robert Plant's voice, like, he goes to Middle Earth. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's basically what all of Led Zeppelin 2 is about. Um, He's actually playing in Asheville tonight. Him and Allison Krauss have a show here. Here comes Gandalf the Grey. (laughs) (laughs) You should go, dude. Why aren't you there? I had to do, I had to, you know, I had a commitment to the pod. I don't let let the pod down. Fair. I, I saw Robert playing at Okeechobee. Um, it was fucking awesome. He played Black Dog and Rock and Roll as his closing songs, which is fucking classic. We saw him at Bonnaroo 2014, 15, maybe. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't we let me for, don't don't let me forget to do a Bonnaroo recap after we're done oh, with this. By the way, that's I imagine the second subject of the of the evening. Um, so bottom songs, uh, Christian, you wanna go first. I really didn't like Rover. Um, it, it just wasn't there. The pace generally felt off, and, and it just like it kind of lost me throughout. Um, y'all might hate this, but custard pie. There's like this uh, this low static organ in the background that's kind of playing behind the guitar, and it sounds like it's just constantly playing like a brown shit note. It makes you want to poo your pants, and I fucking can't stand it. It's all I can hear. (laughs) (laughs) What is the shit note exactly? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering because I'm listening to it now, and I'm like, I don't. You got to listen close, but once you hear it, you'll never unhear the brown note, and it makes you want to do to your drawers because (laughs) it's this like static low it's it's a note that somehow hits you right right in your lower intestine that <laughs> makes you want to just go to the bathroom yeah but jimmy page is ripping on this song dude he goes so it ain't for me and then um i just really didn't like black country woman the the bottom half what of the a album title. loses me just a hair what a title but, but yeah yeah blake what are your bottom aren't two? you aren't you missing one no, it's three. Right? Yeah, Rover, custard pie, and black oh, country Rover, woman. Rover. He just kind of skipped over custard pie to say I didn't like it. <laughs> um, no, because no, custard pie is the brown note. Yeah, uh, skipped over okay, Rover. Rover. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Sorry, I was on um, Twitter. Okay, so oh yeah, do you have tweets for today, or am I gonna I got have a tweet? I got okay, one. he's getting them right now. He just said it. <laughs> yeah, I just um, told you. I just called my okay. shot. House of Holy. This sounds like a this sounds like a, an 80s summer song to me. Like it sounds like an 80s hair band like released it in May for the kids that are getting out of school. It's their senior year. Like they're going to play House of Holy riding in the convertible out of high school, getting ready to go be an electrician or whatever they did back in the 70s when they graduated high school. I imagine it was something like that. Um, I just it wasn't wasn't the vibe. It it kind of reminds me of um uh Trey, what is that song on The Wall? That's like an 80s song, but it's actually really good. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Let me look at the track list, and I'll probably be able to look at it and tell you. I'd be able to tell you the second um, I saw it. It's, it's early in the album. Everybody's going to have to pause while I look this up. No, Young Lust. Young okay. Lust is like a fucking 80s rock song. So th- that's kind of what this sounded like, but not good. So I didn't like it. Um, man, you guys are really going to hate this, and I'm sorry. <laughs> But in the light, dude. Don't. It's don't like do it. wrong. It's like get wrong. to the fucking point, man. Like they got a two minute intro of like whatever the fuck Trey was saying earlier, and it's oh. like, man, just get to the song, dude. You have and like that's your problem. And it's with just a lot of chaos. Like, patience. It's kind of chaotic. That's the problem with your generation. 
That's the problem with your generation. You just don't know what it means to work hard for something. Maybe if I had taken <laughs> maybe if I had taken a Vivance before this song, I would be able to stay focused long enough. But like a two minute intro of like some fucking horn shit, whatever's going on in the beginning, nah man. Not for me. Um and then Night Flight. Night Flight is just boring to me. It's just a boring song. Boring, chaotic. The audio on it's really weird. You can't really hear Robert Plant super well, which I don't understand what happened there, like even on the remaster. Um so I just it totally took it like it took me out of the fucking I, I don't ever want to listen to that song again, bro. I want it I want it gone <laughs> wow, from the album. I want it removed <laughs> from existence. Decent. All right, um, so those are my bottom three. Trey, what do you got? Uh, I also am not a huge fan of custard pie. Um, it has nothing to do with brown notes. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't like. I don't think it's a great example of kind of a lot of the different things they do great on this record. And it's like the opening track, and it's kind of like kind of starts off with like a instead of like a bang, you know. Um, Down by the seaside, I don't love. Uh, I just think that 10 years gone is a better version of down by the seaside. Like it's like in a similar vein as far as like being kind of a little bit softer and a little more like a better example of like Robert plants, like vocal range. Um, so it's not that I like hate the song. I just like think there's a much better genre of the song immediately following it, which kind of gives it a little, you know, not super chill thing going on there. Um, and then my third and final song that I really don't like, and I have a roommate named Stu, and I do enjoy dancing with him. Like, you know, shows, <laughs> we've been we've seen Tipper together a lot. And I do like to boogie with Stu, but unfortunately I do not like the song Boogie with Stu. Um, and so after deciding that I didn't like the song Boogie with Stu, I, of course, had to come up with some you know pretentious reason why. And so I started looking into it, and here's a fun fact about the song Boogie with Stu. Um, the album track Boogie with Stu is credited to John Bonham, John Paul Jones, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, Ian Stewart, and Mrs. Valens, who is Richie Valens' mom. Um, and his 1959 track, Ooh My Head, inspired Boogie with Stu. Uh, and by inspired, it is pretty much Stolen. the same song. Yeah, it's the same fucking song. <laughs> but they gave her royalties to kind of like placate her. Um, and so John Paul Jones says, what we tried to do is give Richie's mother credit because we heard she didn't never received any royalties from any of her son's hits, and Robert did lean on that lyric a bit. So what happens? They tried to sue us for all of the song. So we said, bugger off. So basically they tried to give her royalties. She was like, fuck you, I want everything that has to do with this song. It's probably because they gave her like bass nectar royalties. Like what right, he just exactly. collaborate. Oh yeah, we're going to do royalties. Here's a ten on the dollar. Here's the It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. <laughs> we're going to pay you an exposure. Yeah, but then if it were the if it were the uh, bass nectar version of it, all of the the artists would have been really excited to do it. Would have blasted socials everywhere. And then when Led Zeppelin got canceled, they'd be like, "Yeah, I never wanted to do that song. I, I basically had to. I, I was I was forced to after the fact." So I know I wrote that high and it made my entire career. And now my entire fan base is basically bass nectars. But I, I I didn't want to do that song. So yeah, I hated it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite thing is when Michael Smalley gets on the internet and tries to talk about how great he is, and I'm like, dude, you know you knew, right? And we know you know that you knew. So, yeah. like, quit acting like you're a good person because you're just straight up not a good person. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, so that uh, were our top three and bottom three of Led Zeppelin. I'm really curious to see where you guys landed with your overall ratings. Blake, you want to go? 
Um, yeah, before we get into that, I want to read a little bit about physical graffiti. So, fun fact, this shit is 16 times platinum in the United States. No one puts up numbers Six. like those, those Mount Rushmore boys. 16 million God. sold on this album, which is a preposterous fucking number. Um, it was critically acclaimed upon release. Uh, Rolling Stone gave it a 4 out of 5. Um, there's a bunch of things on here the daily telegraph all music all five star ratings um and then rolling stone put out an interesting article they don't have a review associated with this article but i'm just going to read the beginning of it um it says they've sparked riots from boston to milan sold out concerts from hong kong to hamburg each of their five previous albums has gone platinum selling more than one million copies one led zeppelin four has sold more than three million this came out at the time this article came out at the time of the album release um they've set new records for u.s concert attendance drawing fifty six thousand to a single show in tampa florida in 1973 and 120,000 to six concerts in the new york area in 1974 on paper at least led zeppelin is unquestionably the biggest the world's most popular rock band yes but is it the world's best rock band that the question should even arise reflects not only on the band's status, but also the current state of music. What's the competition? The Rolling Stones, The Who, and... Moreover, with the release of Physical Graffiti, Led Zeppelin's sixth album, the question has actually become relevant. This two-record set, the product of almost two years of labor, is the band's Tommy, Beggar's Banquet, and Sgt. Pepper rolled into one. Physical Graffiti is Led Zeppelin's bid for artistic respectability. Um, what do you think about that, Trey? Any thoughts on that? Um, I think their bid had been solidified by the time this album came out. But think? yeah, for sure. I mean, what they did with Le- like Led Zeppelin one is awesome, right? And so they yeah. come off Led Zeppelin two, and it's like, holy shit, this is somehow better. And then Led Zeppelin three is pretty damn good, and then Led Zeppelin four comes on, it's like, what the fucking else is, can this band do? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And I think they were already at that level of like greatness early in their career you know do you think they had like an artistic standing or was it just like hard rock music like they were kind of like i, I always cre- credit them as being like the first hard rock band really like if you're coming from the beatles and like the late 60s early 70s like led zeppelin was the first band to kind of like play hard rock music like do you think that speaks to their credibility or what did they have artistic standing before this i think hard rock is artistic standing um, and I think people like really resonated with it in a way that they resonated with like the, those early or excuse me, those like mid to late Beatles albums. Um, and you know, you gotta like the Beatles, had, they were, do- they were dead by, by this time, not actually dead. Um, but you know, they, they weren't playing music anymore by the time Led Zeppelin was really taken over. And it was kind of like a whole, like things in the seventies, I feel like moved so quickly from year to year when it comes to like music and what got really popular really fast. Like you had to really keep up, but I feel like Led Zeppelin had already kind of conquered the mountain at that point. That's fair. Christian, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree. That's fair. All Great right. Thoughts, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for expanding on that. <laughs> Traded a lot of heavy lifting there for you. <laughs> I, I was reading shit, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, uh, ratings. Trey, you can lead it off. Oh wait, I called on you first, though. Oh, did you? Okay, my yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go a solid seven point seven here. 
I yeah, think that's I feel a, like you got to go 0. 0.5 or hold on. No, 7.7 cuz 7.5 is too low, 8 is too high. So 7.7. Yeah. 7. <laughs> <laughs> it's 7.77. Oh my god, angel numbers. Um you either so, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I said I, I was literally saying in my head Trey's about to do the thing. <laughs> What about when Trey tried to do Alfred and Christian said, you're still in Bane, kind of? That was kind of a Bane-Alfred-Batman, like, combo. Yeah, um, yeah. There was, a, there was a British accent there, so. Um, yeah, 7.77 7 is my final rating. Fair, Christian. I'm going solid 8 on this. Great fucking album all around. Rips. Yeah, I'm going to go 8 as well. Um really good album excited to kind of push it more in the rotation while we're talking about great albums from this kind of era man exile to mainstream by the rolling stones is a really good rock record and i have not really like listened to rolling stones like that you know either until i started listening so i they have there's a song once again covered by fish uh called loving cup that's on that album loving Uh, cuck yeah, loving cuck. Yeah, it's just about <laughs> it's about Keith Richards and uh, and and Mick Jagger getting in a very compromising situation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I listened. to I was like, oh, I'm gonna check this out. And then my friend Sonny was like, yeah, this is like one of my favorite albums growing up. You should definitely listen to it front to back, and it's fantastic. So listen next album mainstream for yeah. sure. Yeah, we need to do more Led Zeppelin for sure. We really do need to do Led Zeppelin four. I mean, it's short, and you're right, it has been talked about a shit ton, but, like, man, it's so fucking good. It, yeah. it would be worth so, it. So, uh, I have a confession, because I misheard what you said just then, and I thought you said Exile to Mainstream, which is an album by Matchbox 20. I'll be honest with you, I also really like that album. I listened to it on a church trip one time. Um, I was like, sounds like it rips. I think you were actually on that uh, church trip, Christian. Really? No, I never went on a church trip. That you never my went brother. to snowshoe with us? Okay, yeah, I was your brother. Nope. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> well, You'd burst into flames on the bus, bro. <laughs> oh, no. Don't act like he, no, he was. He would go to youth group. Christian went to youth group. Oh, yeah, dude, bro, I would dinner, boy. <laughs> they had free dinner on the trip, too. Shit. Like, free breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I would have um, loved to have seen Christian in church, bro. I would have oh, loved his hands up in the Oh, air. hands up, eyes closed. Yeah, eyes saying, closed, like, head down with your eyes closed. You know, he rock back about it, too. He's like, y'all are just here for the social aspects, but I'm here because I actually love God. Yeah, yeah. He was, God. he was gatekeeping God. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. And that is going to be Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Um, Blake, moving on to your uh, segment, Blake's Bonnaroo Bonanza. Uh, how was it? I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> I'm, really bummed that I didn't, I'm really bummed I didn't get to go. Um, yeah, Trey, what, can you explain what the fuck happened? We got to get that out of the way first. My group was very excited to see you, and they were all very disappointed when you didn't show up. Yeah, I was, well, I was first off, that makes my ego just shoot to the roof. Um, <laughs> so what happened was last year to go to Bonnaroo for a single day, we just kind of waited around until tickets started popping up. People can't make it. People get sick. People get arrested, whatever. And so we take advantage of their good, their misfortune, and we buy the tickets for much less money than they spent on them. Um, and it's just a tale as old as time. And it was pretty easy last year. Uh, 
We did get scammed once, but then we got the money back, so it wasn't a big deal. So we're going to do the same thing this year. Uh, and it just because I think of the lineup, especially on Saturday, and I think a big part of it, like I told you, is Tyler Childers in Tennessee. And uh, the Foo Fighters, I think, on Sunday also brought in a ton of people. So people weren't, like, really leaving like they had in the past. It was just a lot harder to find a ticket for cheap. Um, the day passes, like, the day passes were, like, a little over $200, and we just weren't going to pay that much money just to go for one day. Yeah. So it just didn't, didn't work out financially, unfortunately. Got to save money for for, uh, for the sample, sample guy tour. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... I really wanted to go and it was the person that was kind of my partner in crime for the weekend that he was just like, wasn't really willing to pay the money, which I mean, we hadn't agreed upon budget. We were like, if we can find tickets under this amount, we're going to go. And we just yeah. couldn't find that tickets under that amount. So, yeah, I mean, it's sold out for the first time in years. So right. I knew it was going to be tough. Like yeah. there was a fuck ton of people there. It just um, usually I, works out for me. I was really surprised that it didn't. Yeah. I got some bad news for you guys and you guys are not going to like this, but I got to say it. Both Grizz sets were really fucking good, man. The they second were, one looked awesome. They were really good, dude. I knew Christian was going to make a face at that. I didn't want it to be the truth either, but, man, I was up close for that first set, and that shit was banging. Let me tell you, dude. And I have long-standing Grizz hater. It's always been like, all right, man, just get to Bass Nectar, you know? Because, like, he was opening for Bass Nectar at every festival ever, and I was like, mm, all right, man. Weird like, coincidence. This is cool, but like now I'm trying to listen to bass nature. But I think without that clouding my vision, I got to I got to listen to the set and enjoy it objectively. And he fucking threw down, dude. And that first set, like he, I think my biggest gripe with him when he when he blew up, he stopped playing his saxophone, which was like really a huge pull for Grizz. Like it works really well for him. And that first set, he was dropping some crazy ass like dubstep, but was was playing the sax over it and it just worked so well man i was really impressed and the the um chasing the golden hour set nice chill vibes i took a nap the last 15 minutes to rally because i knew it was going to be a long night going into sds9 um, so overall enjoyable some other highlights zed's dead thursday night so they played the other stage and then they played a set at where in the woods shout out to my friend crystal and sam they stayed the whole fucking set in the woods till 5 a.m with me we our group slowly dropped like flies throughout the night and then it came down and there were just three and we just kept vibing and they Proud were really Very they proud. were really throwing it down and they dropped um uh Leave Me Like This by Skrillex the crowd fucking lost it that was a highlight like it was really fucking good um, Trey, you'll be happy to know Kendrick set amazing. I gotta give credit where it's due. I gotta give credit where it's due. You know, I told myself I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna go into this open minded. I'm gonna go Did in you ready. Really? Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna put everything aside. I'm gonna go in excited to see Kendrick Lamar, and he did not disappoint. He had a nice balance. He would play like two hits and then play a Mr. Morale song. And then he'd play like three hits and then play a Mr. Morale song. So he like sprinkled it in to where it wasn't just the Mr. Morale set, which is what I was worried about. And I, it I worked I do really want to well. point out that he did not play very many Butterfly songs at all. Still. He didn't still, which is disappointing. Because that album's not meant to be played in a festival setting. So I'm just, I'm glad you had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And I'm glad I'm right. He played the nostalgia verse that pushed T song, sick. which is so sick. That's one of his um, best verses. Yeah, so that was amazing. Um Odessa Saturday night, 
I don't. I'm not an Odessa fan. Like I've seen them, but like it was the main stage. There was nobody else playing, so we all went. And goddamn, that shit was a party. And they were launching more fireworks than I've ever seen in my life. When those motherfuckers <laughs> were ending. I didn't even think they had that many fireworks in the state of Tennessee. That shit went off for like 20 fucking minutes, and it was oh, sick. No, buddy, they got a lot of fireworks in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so on to the on to the the big the big moment of Bonnaroo. My morning jacket into JID into SCS nine. Trey, you were almost right. I almost couldn't leave my morning jacket. It was it. very hard. We were deep in the crowd, and Jim James was just really taking me there. I had a little half chub going. I was half staff, and like nice. it was, it was hard to pull out of there. I kept saying one more song, one more song, and then it got to like one fifty or no twelve fifty five, and JID was starting at one. I just turned around and we fucking gunned it to JID, and that dude tore the fucking other tent down, dude. It was, oh. it was like everybody there was the biggest JID fan, bro. They were fucking moshing, they were singing every fucking word. He played dance now like halfway through the set. I thought he was either gonna open or close with it. He just oh. kind of flowed. He did like a string of of um uh. What's the album? What's the newest album? Forever Story. He did like a string of Forever Story songs. So he went like Crack Sandwich into Dance Now into Brud and Them, like just back to back to back, like seamless transition. And it was like, man, it was chaos. It was so much fun. So then we bounced back, caught the end of My Morning Jacket, which was great. And then we rallied all. I'm I'm surprised. Basically, the entirety of my group made it to STS 9. They didn't stay the whole time, but we all started STS 9 together. And kind of the same thing with Zed Zed. They just started drop, dropping off as, as things, as it went later into the night. Um, I think around, I didn't, we left around 4.45 because we assumed they were going to stop at 5, which I don't know if they ended up doing that or not. Um, we were like, did, no, we're not. much. Yeah. Oh, so did you yeah. leave before Baraka got played? The... Sorry, that's like yeah. every not Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like every <laughs> But we left at 445 because we were like, we're not trying to deal with the crowd walking back. Like, we want to get a pedicab. Was and there shit. still a lot and of people so, there? Oh, there was a fuck ton, dude. There was that's a sick. fuck ton. And like, we had the moon mat. So, like, we were dancing around, but then we'd lay on the moon mat for a little bit and just chill. Like, when they kind of brought it down a little bit, we'd jump back up. So, it was, it was fantastic. Um, like a great I do, it was great. I do want to say Marcus Mumford, probably one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Don't I imagine stopped, it was good. I stopped by just to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, let me stop by and see see what old Marcus is up to and see where his sons could be. And he they there. was on stage with an acoustic guitar alone. No band, nobody else on stage, just him, a, a guitar and a microphone. And it was the most boring shit I've ever seen in my life. Like it was, <laughs> it was horrendous. And somebody told me afterwards, they're like, bro, they launched fireworks at that show. I was like, excuse me? For what reason? <laughs> was he playing fucking like say no more? And there's just fireworks going off in the background. Like what the fuck? Um, and then final show of food fighters. I mean, it's the food fighters, man. They've been there before. They know how to close out a festival. They fucking tore the house down. I cried. He talked about Taylor Hawkins at one point. I cried like a baby. So strong. I was kind of curious about that. They played um Oh, what song was it? I They've can't remember playing, the song. Some song like was his favorite song. Yeah, that's what the they show. did. They played it yeah. Yeah, and it was like it was one of their newer ones, but he was like, This was Taylor Hawkins' favorite song. Um and he played in man. Like me and three other people that are with me just started crying. Like it was sad, dude. Like 
but he brought out Haley Williams from Paramore to sing My Hero, which was fucking amazing. He brought out his daughter Fuck at yeah. one point. Like he, they, they're great, man. Every time I see him, they're great. It's they're no, awesome. No disappointment. So, yeah, that was Bonnaroo. I will say, I have said for a while to everybody, nobody believes me that this is the that was the last dance, and that I'm not going back to Bonnaroo. And I thoroughly mean that. But the thing is, is like I left, and I kind of I got disconnected from my group. And as I was leaving, I just turned around and kind of looked at the arch for a second and just like appreciated the moment and and the time that we've had there. And it was it was a blast and I wouldn't trade that for anything. But, you know, it's I, it's it's a lot of money. I'm getting old and I, I want to see and do other things. But it's been a blast, man. I love Bonnaroo and I'll always love Bonnaroo and I hope eventually I go back. But shout out to everybody that's been with us over the years, including you guys. It was, it's always been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um. um yeah, I mean, you know, you not living in the southeast makes it a lot different. Having to fly in, having to fly with camping shit, having to fly and maybe run a, you know, an RV, that type of stuff. That's a lot more of a pain in the ass than just to drive a handful of hours. Yeah, yeah, and then, like that's the so thing. You're a Coachella is, guy now, huh? I'm a Coachella guy now, dude. I have no <laughs> other choice. But like that's the thing is like it's like t- I mean, in total, we probably spent two grand. You know, like with the flights, the RV, the RV spot, the food, the drinks, like all that shit, the ticket, it adds up. And it's like, yeah, imagine if you did drugs, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, but it was fun. Um, All right. Rides or dies. I guess we're still not playing songs. So, yeah, (laughs) you just got to talk about rides or dies. (laughs) All right. So for the first time in rides or dies history. I have sent in a song that I think dies. Um, I think the song's fucking terrible. Actually, I don't. So let me let me back up. I don't hate this song. The song, um, for everyone out there, is called Light My Love by Greta Van Fleet. Um, I think the song's actually kind of good. If you just listen to the song on its own, you'd be like, this is kind of fun. Like, this guy's got a good voice. It's kind of like, it reminds me of something. What does it remind me of? It reminds me of Led Zeppelin. Um, and this band was essentially put together uh, in a similar way to Led Zeppelin was put together, um, but they were put together kind of to emulate the Led Zeppelin sound. It is a knockoff Led Zeppelin. Them as a band and as like an institution is absolute trash. Um, and this is probably one of my most like hated bands in the world. But I just wanted to give you all the song. Be like, hey, they can make okay music. Uh, nevertheless, the song dies for me. How about y'all, Christian? <laughs> I, I was prepared to fucking destroy you. I know. See, I took you on. I, I, mean, I, I, I was prepared to fucking kill you on this podcast out of the pure just disgrace for sending that in after the album that we just reviewed. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate everything about Greta Van Fleet. I do not care if they can make decent music. The guy looks like a squirrely little fuck. Their name angers me. To my fucking core, this dies. I hope that they die. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah, they're. I mean, this dies. They're ass. I can't stand them. Like, I my friends unironically like them. It pisses me off to no fucking end. I, I, their whole shtick is. And the thing is, is look, if he had a similar voice to Robert Plant and played like a different type of music, then you could kind of be like, oh, he's not trying to do this. But they play music like Led Zeppelin, like they make bad Led Zeppelin music. It's fucking mm-hmm. Kmart Led Zeppelin, which like, that's what pisses me off most about them. So 
dies forever. You feel this ever. visceral reaction? This is the visceral reaction people should have when they hear this band. The anger. Yeah. <laughs> the pure guttural, mm-hmm. like there's just something wrong with what I'm listening to. You know exactly. what I mean? Um, exactly. So yeah, it does. All right, Blake, you want to tell us yours? Um, yes. So my song was counting. Um, and it is by, do you have a pulled up tray? Um, yeah, it's by Hamdy. Yeah. So this song was played during Zed's Dead's first sets and crystal fucking sniped it and sent it to the group and was like, this was the best song of the weekend. And this song just like, man, it gets the energy going. It's a fucking bop. If you're into electronic music, please listen to it. It will get you ready to fucking conquer your day. So that is why I picked it. They, they dropped it during the first set. Man, the crowd went nuts. So what do you guys think? Christian, you go ahead. Am I going first again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this song fucking rides. He initially – so Hamdy initially got popular from another track that he released that Skrillex was dropping all the time called uh sorry i'm pulling it up really quick um <sighs> called skanka sk skanka mm-hmm. whatever whatever um that was what he dropped in it just that kind of blew him up into the spotlight and I'm, I'm not sure if he's like getting signed to zed's dead label or something but they have been playing his shit non-stop this song that one two three yeah oh, i mean you scream it's if you want some more like oh so push it push it watch me work it i'm perfect yes <laughs> dude hard. such a fucking vibe yeah. i've listened to it a couple times yeah it rhymes. I left it yeah song's awesome um i think you like it uh whether you think of this consciously or subconsciously it reminds you of a particular long-haired person um that we all know at least it does for me uh especially just kind of the way like that the like the heavy like is like sustained synth or whatever um Mm -hmm. it's really cool i like the song a lot yeah it's like you could not go to a off-kilter electronic show without hearing skanka for the last or skanka or however the fuck you say the name of the song for like the last two years um yeah but yeah hamby's Hamby's cool. I actually thought maybe they played, he played, she played, who knows, um, played at Bonnaroo, which is why you selected it. I don't but, believe so. Um, but I don't know, maybe. I, I don't just, think so. He did, did just do like a few stops. Research. He did just do a few like US stops, but he's a UK dude. Okay. Oh, interesting. Nice. Christian, what was your song? Yep. Oh, wait, uh, Rides. My track. Name is Rides. Rides, rides. Yeah, rides, rides. Uh, my track is Dead Man by this artist I found a while back called uh, – his name Soli Had. He's out based out of New York. I think he just does – he started playing guitar when he was like 10 and then making kind of R&B rap beats when he was like 15. And I came across one of his songs, Way Too High, which is like a demo track of his a while back and just fell in love with it. And then Ari showed me he just did this like drop called Dead Man and I just immediately fell in love with it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like this. It's um, vocals are kind of that you know whiny sad boy vibes a little bit, um, which obviously I'm a huge fan of. Um, so I was I was taken aback. It's not what I expected going into the song, but I I like it a lot. It's a rides for me. You know you know this is up my alley. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, sad. You know this is just my my type of my type of genre. Um, I think it rides. Uh, is this the same person you sent to me this, that? Uh, he said it's like a male Remy Wolf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree on some levels. Some some I think he's a little bit more on the like alternative type side, less pop, but definitely good. Rides. Oh yes. Nice. So that's the very boring version of Rides or Dies. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I, I fucking hate it. Sucks, it's dude. like uh, we might it's, have to cut the segment, honestly. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Let, me, let me get a fuck Universal Music Group from the homies real quick. Everybody, fuck if you're listening, shoot out a fuck Universal Music Group. Um, all right, Trey, I got some tweets as well, so I can compensate for the fact that you only have one. Okay. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's everyone's favorite segment, Trey and Blake's Terrible Twitter Takes. My name is Trey. His name is Blake. We'll be your host for the evening. This is from Will Sennett. He has been featured on the pod before. Um, at sin underscore spud is his name. Uh, this was tweeted uh, just yesterday, the 26th of June, 2023, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. <laughs> the flight attendants just hazed the new guy by convincing him to throw a piece of luggage out of the emergency exit. I would be laughing, but it was mine they threw out. And my best friend from high school is the cross jersey was in there. Oh, yeah. And he's dead. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Oh, yeah. And he's dead. I feel, bad for, uh, I feel bad for that guy, for real. Um, all right. We got one more. This is from uh, at Roxy Tall, a.k.a. Roxy. Uh, they tweeted this on the 1st of June, 2023, Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. Uh, they said, <laughs> my dream boyfriend, dash, four feet, giant beard, wears chain mail, lives underground, mines gold and mithril, 100 to, <laughs> 130 to 140 years old, natural sprinter, eats meat right off the bone, overcomes prejudice to fight side by side with an elf. <laughs> I think that's, I think those are Led Zeppelin lyrics. <laughs> I thought it played in There's this trend going on, and I know y'all both sent me the videos of the guy uh, describing various airplane parts, and then yes. just saying how they're not like certain things that happened in Lord of the Rings, and it's just really funny. <laughs> so it is good. a great genre of jokes. So those yeah, are my two tweets great. today. Okay, my first one. I think you guys are really gonna like. Um, it's this guy. His name is Popular Loner. And he Love tweeted, Mike, he said, my coworkers are talking race politics. Guess I'll join in with a picture of Anonymous wearing a fedora. And then three, <laughs> min- and then three minutes later, he responded to his own tweet and said, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, this one is from Daniel at Growing Daniel. He says, bro, do you want to go out tonight? We can drink a bunch and feel bloated and tired. Tomorrow you can feel like you got hit by a truck. Come on, dude, please. Let's play Uber, let's play Uber surge pricing. <laughs> <laughs> funny because it's uh, true okay here's one from our uh our favorite gauze gauze pacho machine um shower food review number 71 yes. um, it is a whole pecking duck he says <laughs> <laughs> he's literally holding a whole ass duck in the shower <laughs> and he says um, I took some time off just to relax. Each day I try to improve myself, but I realize if you keep pushing the envelope, one day it's going to break. Anyway, this is one of the most decadent meals I've ever eaten in the shower. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10, out of 10. 10 out of 10. Okay, and then I got one last one. Um, it says, this is from Justin at Justin Time. It says, dad stories. Me and your mom used to go dancing at the fair. Uncle stories. The boys and I used to tie up a strange alien behind the dumpster and make him service me. Weird gray cousin stories. Please kill me. You have to kill me. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's all I got. You guys got anything else to add? I don't. You know, we talked about Zeppelin. We shit on Greta Van Fleet. We heard about everything that happened at Bonnaroo this year. Um, so, you know, just overall, you know, and Blake got a little soft on us. 
You know, it wasn't I, soft. It was just it saying was a goodbye. You know, yeah, it was. Just, I res- no, I appreciate your emotional maturity yeah. to be able to say that. I think that's cool. I, mean, I, I do love, too. I love you, man. You know, and I, I love you Bonnaroo. Know, and I'm very I thankful love for the both experiences. Those things as well. Yeah, <laughs> you and Bonnaroo. <laughs> yeah, me and Bonnaroo. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye, everyone. I right, see you, everybody. See you in two weeks from now.